You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadoulou, and coming at you guys a little bit later than usual, busy day, but with more weekly power rankings today as week five is in the books and we look forward to week six now it's time to rank all 32 teams from worst to first some decent changes going on this week as some teams have rised from the ashes and some teams falling all the way to the basement so make sure you comment down below let me know your thoughts and opinions on my power rankings don't be afraid to rank your power rankings i would love to see what you all think in that comment section down below but beginning with the bottom four teams of the nfl from 32 to 29 at the very bottom a new worst team in the nfl looking at the new york giants sitting at number 32 the patriots falling four spots down to number 31 the broncos actually moving up a spot despite losing this week and then the carolina panthers stay right where they are at number 29 the giants and the patriots this was one that was probably kind of in the making for the last week or so Maybe even more than that. The Patriots now coming off of back-to-back just demolition types of losses, whereas the Giants right now have just not been playing good football for quite some time here, and they're really lucky to even have a win so far this season. And on top of that, you're now talking about the issue of a potential neck injury with Daniel Jones now. There is a lot to be concerned about about going on in New York. So just some stuff to keep in mind as far as the Giants are concerned and the Patriots right now. Bill Belichick said it himself. There's a good chance that they just got to reset and start all over. So we don't know what that necessarily means and how that's going to look in New England. But those two teams right now, I think, sit firmly at the bottom of the NFL considering the state of both of those franchises at this very moment. As for number 30 with the Denver Broncos moving up a spot here, they basically move up a spot because I had to make way for the Giants and the Patriots. They lost again this week, and uh, like I said, I made the pick that I wanted the Jets to go over the Broncos, and I was glad to see they did. And Sean Payton kind of got a a healthy serving of eating his own words. So it is what it is. They lose again, but... Because two teams are just a little bit worse than they are, in my opinion, they do move up a spot despite their 10-point loss. And then we have the Carolina Panthers, who just really did not stand much of a shot against the Detroit Lions team that is just absolutely on fire right now. And that game honestly resulted in just about what I expected it to be. I kind of felt like the Lions were going to run away with that game and dominate in pretty much every facet of the game. And it just never really felt like the Panthers were ever threatening the Lions. So, I mean, they are where they are. New head coach, new quarterback. There's a lot of new going on over there. They're looking for a legitimate number one wide receiver to give to Bryce Young. Offensive line, I don't think is quite where I would think the organization would have expected it to be right now but there's just a lot going on defensively they're dealing with injuries it's just a team in a very tough place so for them to be at 29 feels pretty good to me next group of four at number 28 moving up five spots here big jump for the chicago bears in their big victory this past thursday night football 40 to 20 over the commanders we have the arizona cardinals dropping a spot to number 27 we have the minnesota vikings dropping four more spots to number 26 and we have the las vegas raiders dropping or excuse me rising three spots with their win over the green bay packers so first looking at the chicago bears here at this point uh big victory for them if their idea of what this team's offense was supposed to be is what we got from them on thursday night 
this is a team that I could see start trending in the right direction, but we've got to see more of it. They did take a massive leap here in large part because they won and everyone else below them lost and it just kind of worked out in their favor. But ultimately, this is a team right now that I can't really buy in on anything at this point. They're definitely not one of the absolute bottom teams. I think they have the pieces in place. It's just been a matter of getting these pieces to equal to the sum of their parts. This is The Bears have been just a wild team to watch because they have at this point should be better than where they are right now. So I'm happy to see them get a big victory. They finally snapped their, I think it was like a 13, 14 game losing streak, whatever it was. Unfortunately, it was by the, uh, by the hands of the commanders for them, but Hey, hats off to Chicago, big victory. If you look at that offense and that's what you guys were trying to get going at the beginning of the season, if we can start seeing more of that going forward, this bears team could put up a fight against some of the other NFC uh, teams that they're going to be playing for the remainder of the season. As for the Arizona Cardinals, slipping a spot here, another loss, and unfortunately, it seems like Joe Burrow and the Bengals have finally found themselves. I don't necessarily know if that's just because of the Arizona Cardinals being who they are, a team that's fought in a lot of their losses to the very end, but the Cincinnati Bengals looked like a team that just had way too much in the tank for them to keep up with, and the Bengals have not looked like that at all this season, so I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit as to what my takeaway should be on the Bengals. I do have kind of an assessment that I'm going with here, and we'll get to that when we get to the Bengals. But right now, Arizona just kind of continuing on with where they are right now, a team that's missing their starting quarterback, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries on top of that, a roster that is just not built to compete right now, and they are where they are. At number 26, we have the Minnesota Vikings, and this is one that Man, I'll tell you, I'm eating my words on this one here. I thought the Minnesota Vikings offense was going to be the best in the NFC North, and uh, Lions fans definitely let me have it about that when I made that discussion, and I'm going to say I'm, again, surely eating my words and then some. Um, a team that just can't get out of their own way. I feel like I've said it every single week. You lose by seven to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's really why I only dropped them. I mean, I did drop them a few spots here, but... Yes, they're one and four, but I feel like they're better than the remaining teams that are below them right now that only have a singular victory. Like they are the best of the worst right now. And if they could just get out of their own way, I think this Vikings team could be good. But now you're looking at not having Justin Jefferson. And on top of that, there's rumors that maybe Kirk Cousins gets shipped off because you're not going to have Justin Jefferson. And I was listening to a show this morning and they were talking about the potential that, you know, and this is this is just the, I, I think it was Adam Schefter who said it, but it wasn't Adam Schefter who I heard say it, but they were talking about what Adam Schefter said. I could be wrong on this. Don't quote me. But I believe the assumption is if Justin Jefferson is dealing with a hamstring issue, yes, he's on IR now for the next four weeks, but if he has... You know, if he's coming back to a team that's hypothetically speaking one and eight by the time he's ready to come back, who's to say he doesn't take even more time to return from that injury? There's no rush for him at that point. And on top of that, he didn't get the contract he was hoping to get this offseason. So the way I see it, yeah, it's four weeks at the shortest, but in all likelihood, we could see a longer extended absence just because there's no reason for Justin Jefferson to really sit out, especially or to come back early, especially if like we're looking at a team that's, you know, sitting at one and eight, maybe two and seven, three and six at best is probably what I'm looking at with the Vikings right now, minus Justin Jefferson and what they've put on on tape so far this year. I just have no reason to believe that they're going to be in any better position minus him now going forward. 
And then the Raiders at number three, moving up a few spots for them. Hats off to them being able to hold off the Green Bay Packers, taking advantage of a roster that is decimated with injuries right now over in Green Bay. There was a point in that game where it felt like, especially at the end there, maybe they were just trying to fumble the bag away and maybe give the game away to Green Bay, but... They held it together. They got the job done. This is a team that I still don't really believe in, if I'm being completely honest with you. And like I just kind of mentioned, you basically had to take advantage of a riddled with injuries Green Bay Packers team, and you barely got the job done there. I don't really know what to make of this Raiders team at, to this point. I mean, they're what are they, 2-3 and three right now? I just... They are what they are. They're a team that's not where they should be considering how like all in the vibe is around Las Vegas and what they've been trying to do the last couple of years to build like a team to contend in the AFC West. But they're two and three. And I think that they're probably among the lesser of the teams that are hanging around that two and three mark right now. Next four teams that we're looking at here coming in at number 24, moving up a spot. We're looking at the New York Jets. Moving down three spots, we have the Tennessee Titans at number 23. Moving down six spots, that was a big correction on my end there. The Washington Commanders at number 22. And then at 21, moving down a couple of spots because of losing to the Falcons, we have the Houston Texans. So with the New York Jets, big victory for them. I'm glad they got this one, the Nathaniel Hackett vengeance game, the one that, you know, I feel like nobody expected both of these teams to be coming in in the positions that they were in. I think this is one that everyone was hoping to be a far more hotly contested contest between between two like legitimate AFC contenders, but obviously they are where they are. So the hype around this game was not where I think anyone anticipated it being when you looked at the schedule prior to the season and before Aaron Rodgers going down with an injury and getting what we have from the Broncos so far this season. But hats off to them for getting the job done. Wasn't necessarily the prettiest game, I would say, but the big bright spot for the New York Jets, Brees Hall off a of pitch count is an absolute monster. And if Russ, Russell Wilson, excuse me, if Zach Wilson can just protect the football, if they can lean on the running back duo they have there with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, you have a young group of talented wide receivers as well. I, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a core that was built to win with Aaron Rodgers. You have a fantastic defense. If you can just protect the football, and now that Brees Hall's back playing like this. Keep an eye on the Jets. I don't necessarily know where they're going to go. I don't know if you can really win a lot of games with just a great run game and a strong defense. We'll see what the Jets can do, and if the Jets can prove me or prove the point that maybe you can win despite not having a stellar quarterback but a great defense and running back, although losing an offensive lineman as big as, I believe it was Elijah Vera Tucker that went down with the injury. I could be wrong on that one, but I believe it was Elijah Vera Tucker. Losing him kind of sucks. We'll have to see how that affects the offensive line going forward, which hasn't necessarily been the most stout to this point. But a team that is winning games when some people might not be expecting them to. And there are some bright spots to look at here with this Jets team. As for the Tennessee Titans at number 23, I feel like this is something I've said about them a lot so far this year, and it has held true pretty much every single week. They're either doing the ass whooping or getting their asses whooped. And I don't want to say that they got an ass whooping this weekend from the Indianapolis Colts because the game was very close. But to have Anthony Richardson go down and not be able to take advantage of that situation here and you're losing to Gardner Minshew and and his offensive, you know, his offensive group of what was it like five attempts from Jonathan Taylor? Like you're, you are not facing a full strength Colts team. And for them to not come away with that victory after 
blowing out the Bengals last week, who looked pretty good this week. I mean, the Titans are a team I just can't quite get a read on right now. I feel like that some weeks they look really good, some weeks they just look awful. And it's more so offense than anything else. Like the defense has been pretty good consistently through the year for the most part. It's really just been a matter of like, we don't know what version of this Titans offense we're going to get week in and week out. And like this week, we got the less impressive version, whereas last week we got a dominating one. So it's. It's a team where you have solid defense, great coaching, but an offense just, just it's like you're asking yourself every week, what are we going to get? Are we getting a good offense? Are we getting a bad offense? Are we getting some, somewhere in between? It feels like we don't get any of that in between, and it's just one end of the spectrum or the other, really good or really bad. And this week, just another really bad performance, I would say, against the Colts defense that has been pretty stingy in some instances. At number 22, we have the Washington Commanders, uh, a team that let a lot of people down. I don't think... I don't think very many people really had the Bears winning that game outside of maybe Bears fans and some people that were trying to maybe get off with like a uh, a lucky upset pick here. I, this was just one where I did not expect the Commanders after going into overtime with the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that is 5-0 and right now, and I understand it's a division rival, but it just felt like they were coming into the game hot with a sour taste in their mouth, not having that game end the way they were hoping to, and I really kind of felt like they were going to come in and punch the Bears in the mouth. Instead, they got punched in the mouth, so... It is what it is right now. I've got to say, it, the defense is not quite where I would have expected it to be right now. And and there's a lot to like about them. You can talk at length about the first round selections as far as the defensive line goes. And you have a young up, up and coming, excuse me, young up and coming group in the secondary as well. You look at Forbes. You look at a guy like uh, Cameron Curl, I believe is his name, if I'm remembering that correctly off the top of my head. There's some decent guys in that secondary there to, that to really like. Like there's all the right pieces, but you're letting the Chicago Bears of all teams drop 40 on you and the offense just could not really get to where it needed to be early in that first half of the game there you let the Bears kind of look like a a stellar defense and that's something they have certainly not been to this point in the season this is another one of those teams where and there's a lot of teams I would say in this in this like zone of like 24 to like 16 I would even say from like 24 to 14, there are a lot of teams in a weird flux position right now of like you don't really know what they are at this moment because they've had games that looked good and have games that looked bad. This is a really, really t like the difference between number 24 and I would even say number 14 is very small. While it is 10 whole spots on like a power rankings board here. I don't really think a lot separates all these teams because you can really get a win out of just about anyone within these groups over the other. And it's it's kind of making power rankings really hard. And this is kind of where I have like the commanders dropping minus six because I was kind of buying into the hype and now I have them where I have them. So I don't necessarily know what to make of them just, just yet. Sam Howell has had some brilliant games. He's had some not so brilliant games, but we'll have to see. The defense, though, not where I would have expected it to be, just considering the talent that they do have on that roster. And I'm not going to sit here and say they're the mo the perfect defense, but I mean, they should. I feel like they should be playing better than allowing 40 points to a Bears offense that was awful up until this past week. At number 21, we have the Houston Texans here, and a game that they just kind of let slip away from them. The defense could not hang on at the very end here. I have them dropping just a couple of spots here, but a team that I think is, like I've been saying for the most part about them all year, bringing the fight to every single one of their opponents, and I don't really think you can just count the Houston Texans out for a, a win at this point if you're an opposing team. It's, it's one of those teams that... 
If you're not careful, they're going to get the better of you. Just ask the Jacksonville Jaguars and even the Atlanta Falcons would probably tell you the same thing. You know, this is a team that was hanging on. They had the lead for like, it felt like 57 minutes of the game for the most part or whatever it was that the Atlanta Falcons finally took the lead late in the game. But ultimately just not getting into the end zone is what really cost them there. I think they had four straight field goals before they finally had an opportunity to actually get themselves into the end zone. And if you can just finish off those drives, you have C.J. Stroud, who's playing brilliantly for a rookie right now. He still has yet to throw an interception in his career, so he's done an excellent job through five weeks. You have a defense that's playing a lot better than I would say some people anticipated to, considering just how many moving parts you kind of have in that group right now. But D'Amico Ryans has done a really great job of getting them where they need to be. A team that has a lot of fight. Really good upside. It's just a matter of them finishing the way they need to to get the job done. But I'm really, I'm really, really enjoying watching the Texans right now because I didn't expect them to be as competitive as they've been. But I know that they're a team that always has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder every game they go into because people tend to write them off. Going into the next four teams, we are looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 20. The New Orleans Saints drop, uh, not dropping, excuse me, jumping rather, five spots to number 19. We have the Packers tumbling down six, and then the LA Rams sticking at number 17. So Pittsburgh Steelers only going up by one in this game here, despite having a massive victory over a team that a lot of people love in the Baltimore Ravens, myself, I would include in that list, uh, in large part because if it was not for the defense and TJ Watt, this team does not win this game. And I mean, obviously that's half the game. You can't just sit there and write them off for that. But the offense in Pittsburgh is pretty awful to watch. It really is. Minus the one big touchdown from Kenny Pickett to George Pickens. There's not a lot to like about what you're seeing from them offensively right now. And I can, I can understand. And I feel for Pittsburgh Steelers fans as they sit there chanting every single week, fire Matt Canada. I don't know what the answer is for them offensively, but they have got to sort it out because this is a defense that is apparently able to even win them games at this point here, but it's not, it's not sustainable this way. It is not sustainable this way. This is not a team that's going to compete for a championship because you're going to have a hell-bent TJ Watt who wants to win MVP, it feels like, with the performance he's been putting on so far this season, and a defense that's just trying to keep it together so your offense can hopefully stumble into a touchdown or two and maybe win a game 14-10, to 10, or in this case, like they had it, what was it, 17-10, to 10, whatever the number was you have got to figure something out on offense. I, like, this is a team, the defense is so good. I want to have Pittsburgh higher than where I have them right now, but that offense is bad, and they've got to get that sorted out. I don't know what the answer is. Again, I'm not paid to figure that out, but they have got to sort that out in Pittsburgh. And number 19, the New Orleans Saints. Moving up five spots sounds like a lot, considering all they did was just smash on probably one of the worst teams in the NFL right now, 34 to nothing. But a very dominant defensive performance, coupled with a solid day from the offense as well. But mainly just because they're jumping up so much because the Titans, the Commanders, and the Texans all took a drop here. So they're kind of benefiting from some teams moving below them. But in large part, really good game by the Saints. And I was, you know, concerned for Derek Carr coming into this game. He didn't really have to do a ton. You can really thank the defense for helping things out in this game here but a step in the right direction for a team that even just like a couple of weeks ago he had some pretty serious question marks and even last week coming out of that game you know I was questioning the idea of even having Derek Carr playing with his injured shoulder but he's doing all right now the defense looks really really good they are clearly able to take advantage of weaker offenses if need be and to help out the offense so as long as they keep trending in this right direction, they're a team that's competitive and in an NFC South that's kind of really up in the air right now, and I don't think anyone really knows how to make sense of the NFC South, uh, good spot to be in, I would say, for New Orleans. 
at number 18, the Packers dropping down six spots here. I feel like you could argue maybe they need to be a little bit lower, but the injuries have really caught up to them, and I think that's really part of the issue minus the three interceptions from Jordan Love aside, um, injuries have really decimated this team right now. And and if, you know, if they have Aaron Jones and they're not missing David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on the offensive line and, you know, Quay Walker was getting taken out of the game, I saw at one point, and there's just, if they could just be a healthier roster, I think this is a really good team altogether. Or a, I would say a good team. I don't want to stress really good. I want to say a good team at the very least. But right now, injuries and just... Jordan Love finally having the game that everyone's kind of been waiting on because he hasn't played stellar, but he has not played bad, I would say, by any means. I think he's had a very solid start to the season, but he finally had the game that everyone's going to go, oh, see, he's not it. Get rid of him. I think it's just funny how a couple of weeks ago, everyone was kind of all in, and I mean, myself included. I don't want to say I was all in, but the hype was building around Jordan Love with a really good defense, young group of guys to work with that are talented but inexperienced, and now all of a sudden, he finally has the bad game, and it's against a Raiders defense that has not been impressive to this point, but Ultimately, I'm not going to just completely jump off the Packers wagon at this point. I still think that they can compete. It's just a matter of can they get some guys back so they can be a little bit healthier. And with a guy like Eric Stokes returning and, th- and you know, hopefully with a healthy Jair Alexander, this can be a defense that can hold things down a little bit more. And we just need Aaron Jones to get back into the fold. If Elton Jenkins can get healthy as well, this is a team that I think would look a lot better because they clearly struggled, especially on the offensive line dealing with Max Crosby. I felt like he was kind of breathing down Jordan Love's neck for a decent amount of that game. If they can just get healthy on the offensive line, some of their guys on defense that are already coming back get closer and closer to that 100%. I think this will be a Packers team that will at least be fighting and will be somewhere within this middle of the pack where I have them right now. And then at number 17, we have the LA Rams who didn't quite have the offensive performance that I think some people were expecting with Cooper Cup returning. But I mean, you have to look at it as kind of him knocking some rust off and getting back into the swing of things. They obviously feel good enough with their combination of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua that they went and traded away Van Jefferson. So they're, they're, I think they're happy with where they are. And the offensive offensive line, I would say, has actually kind of surprised me to this point this year. I did not expect them to be able to hold up the way they have, so I want to give credit to that as well. And the defense, solid for the most part, but when your offense is struggling against a Philadelphia defense that's as good as it is, you're going to kind of find yourself in a spot where you allow 27 points to the Philadelphia Eagles and a, you know, a really good game to Jalen Hurts when the offense just kind of couldn't quite get into the rhythm it needs to. But I'm really excited to see where this Rams team goes forward you have Kyron Williams who's been a really big surprise for everyone and now that you have Cooper Cup knocking the rust off getting ready to play with Puka Nakua I am really looking forward to seeing what this Rams team evolves into over the next few weeks here because I think we're going to start to see a lot more offense coming out of them and a far more confident offense at that having Cooper Cup in the fold Matthew Stafford more than willing to take those big risks throwing to Cooper Cup because he knows his guy can go get the football this will be a team to watch again middle of the pack team kind of where I have them at number 17 for right now not really sure where they're going to go but I'm fine with them staying at number 17 for right now despite kind of taking a tougher loss getting kind of taking one on the chin to the Philadelphia Eagles but can you really knock them they're the Philadelphia Eagles they're 5-0 and for a reason next four teams at number 16 we have the Indianapolis Colts jumping up a couple of spots here with a big victory despite losing Anthony Richardson over Tennessee we have the Cincinnati Bengals taking a huge leap 10 spots here and I'll get to that in a second and then the Chargers and Browns I know they didn't play this week but they move up a couple uh, each move up a spot mainly because of the Packers collapsing down the board here six spots but starting with the Indianapolis Colts obviously there's the concern with the grade three AC joint sprain in 
<clears throat> the sh excuse me, <clears throat> in the shoulder of Anthony Richardson. But beyond that, Jonathan Taylor's back, obviously on a snap count, just kind of getting himself back into the swing of things here. Zach Moss looked really, really good in that victory over the Titans. But this is a team that I think can rally around Gardner Minshew in the interim. And as long as they can play good defense, like I said, this Colts defense feels like it's kind of returning to the form that it was prior to Shaquille Leonard going down with all his injuries the last couple of years with a healthy Shaquille Leonard. This is a different defense and we're starting to see some of the younger D and, and you have to remember, there's also some really young DBs taking a lot of snaps in the secondary right now, but it feels like the units kind of starting to gel. Zaire Franklin is really starting to show out. And on top of that, EJ speed, like there's a lot that I really like about this defense that I don't think they're quite where they're going to reach yet, but they're starting to show those flashes of being a really strong defense at this point. So if you can couple strong defense with the way Gardner Minshew plays at quarterback does a good job. He's not going to cost you games, but it, it's, it's a matter of him playing a clean game and following the scheme or the game plan for that week to the T they can win some games and surprise the people just ask the Tennessee Titans. This is the second time now where Gardner Minshew has been able to step in and able to win the game for the team. So keep an eye on them for right now. I like them at number 16, right in the middle of the pack. I'll be more excited about this team if they continue to win and get Anthony Richardson back. But right now I'll just keep them right in the middle of the road. At number 15, the Cincinnati Bengals, moving up a whopping 10 spots here. I will say this. I had them very low. 25 is where I had them last week, and that might even been just a tiny bit too low, but they only had one win to that point, and I think it was a fair assessment at the moment. But they had a massive like return-to-form type of victory, and I felt like we heard it last week a bit with Joe Burrow having his best practice, and then ultimately you know, the Bengals get completely dog-walked, and they lose, and it wasn't... It wasn't what I expected to see from them last week. This was their get right game, and I have a really good feeling going forward that we might start getting back into the norm of the Bengals that we've been seeing here. Obviously going to have to keep an eye on that offensive line because it's clearly still an issue and not quite where it needs to be considering the amount of weapons you have and potential with that offense. If the offensive line can continue to improve, the Bengals team could be as as scary as just about any offense in the NFL right now. And they finally found it this past week. And you could say, argue, yeah, you know, sure, it's been against the Cardinals, but let's not sit here and act like the Cardinals haven't at least been competitive in just about all of their games except for this one against Cincy this past week. This is the first time anyone's really kind of just like sucked the life out of the Arizona Cardinals at this point. So with that, I think they're back. I think they're trending in the right direction. So I might have overcompensated a little bit, throwing them up where I have them right now, jumping 10 spots here. But I believe in Cincinnati, the roster that they have, the quarterback that they have, the wide receivers they have. I love the defense over there. They have a great defensive coordinator in Lou Anarumo. There is a lot to like about this team. I feel like they had their get-right game, and now we're going to start seeing the Cincinnati Bengals that people were expecting to see prior to the season. I might eat. A whole mouthful of words on that one here, but that's kind of where I'm feeling right now. As for the Chargers and Browns, neither of them played this week, but they do move up a spot simply because the Packers dropped. So congrats to you two on a strong week of not playing and still progressing up the power rankings here. Next four teams, we have the Atlanta Falcons moving up a single spot here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting at number 11 did not move. The Baltimore Ravens dropping a spot to number 10. And then the Dallas Cowboys following their shellacking at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers dropping four spots to number nine. 
with the Atlanta Falcons. I had a lot of people tell me that Atlanta being high last week was kind of crazy to see where they were. But to be honest with you, like I said, it is a like big cluster of teams, I would say, from about 24 to 16, 15, 14, somewhere in that range. And you could maybe even argue up to number 12 and even all the way up to number 11. Like the group of just like two and three, three and two teams where you can't really truly separate these teams. Like while it's out loud saying Atlanta at 12 might be high. I mean, give me the argument for just about anyone below them other than like, okay, their roster might be better, but is their record better than where Atlanta is right now? No, not necessarily. Like you could argue maybe the Chargers do belong ahead of Atlanta because you think talent-wise they're a better team. Sure, but do I give the edge to head coaching? Absolutely not. I think Brandon Staley's a buffoon and he's going to cost the Chargers whatever they have the opportunity to win this year. So, like, there's a lot that, to look at. And I feel like with a good defense and an offense that is clearly just trying to find its way, and I know that there's a lot of people who aren't in the Desmond Ritter camp, I get that. I'm kind of teetering on how I feel about Desmond Ritter right now. I was kind of expecting a little bit more from him this year. You know, he was praised for his leadership and being, you know, a very mature guy coming out of college, and I thought that would really work in his favor, you know, good size and all that stuff. But there's clearly some limitations to his game, at least right now, and so I'll take a good defense with some good skill talent and just hope that maybe this is where the Falcons kind of get back on track and once again start trending in the right direction and kind of prove me right for as to why I have them where I have them. Right above them, Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't play this week. They don't move. They stay at number 11. I'm still really excited to see where this team goes. Baker Mayfield has shocked just about everyone, myself included. We'll keep an eye on them, but I'm fine with them at number 11 right now. Baltimore Ravens dropping only a single spot here. Talk about letting a game get away from you. The main reason I still have them at number 11 and I didn't drop them any lower is because I don't really know if I can take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Atlanta Falcons, the Browns right now that are dealing with, uh, still dealing with, uh, just ju mixing up names here, still dealing with Deshaun Watson and him not practicing with that shoulder issue right now, even though he was supposedly cleared to play this past, or not this past week, the week prior, and he opted not to. There's just, there's something going on that doesn't smell right in Cleveland right now. So, like, I can't justify that. I can't really justify the Chargers right now. I don't can't justify the Bengals or the Colts. So, like, who, where am I going to put the Ravens if not at number 10? I don't know. You tell me. I still really believe in this team. Uh, receivers got to catch the football. Clearly, Lamar and Zay Flowers were not on the same page during some of their th uh, some of their potential target connections there. It was there was some stuff that was frustrating to watch this Ravens team. And honestly, there was a few times where they should have probably finished off drives or put themselves in a position to put more points up, and they just didn't because of what for whatever reason they just were not on the same page offensively. I still think they have a great defense. I still believe in Lamar Jackson, one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL to watch, and I'm loving getting to see him throw the football more and throw it confidently. Ravens receivers got to catch the football as well. I felt like I saw a handful of really untimely drops as well as just some missed throws here or there. It was a mixed bag from the offense altogether, and you kind of just blow the game. It's, it's one of those games where I don't really feel like Pittsburgh beat the Ravens. I would say that the Ravens kind of beat themselves in this one. And I hate doing that because I hate discrediting teams, but this is one where I feel like the Ravens just kind of gave it away. And that's just my train of thought on that. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. I don't really know. At number nine, Dallas Cowboys, you drop four spots here. Oh, this has not been a good couple of weeks for Dallas. I would say in my power rankings, I just, you know, I don't really know what to make of them right now because we're looking at three really good games, 
Two not-so-great games. You lose to the Cardinals and then get absolutely demolished by what some people were arguing were the other top team when they were discussing Dallas and 49ers as, like, the two top teams in the NFL. There's clearly some issues offensively with this team right now. They're still a great defense, and, I mean, even Dak Prescott said, you know, he put so much into that game and got completely punched in the mouth, and there's going to be some soul-searching going on this week, I would say, from the Dallas Cowboys. I did not expect – and listen, I was buying in on the hype too. I'll be completely honest about it. I, I did not expect Dallas to go into that game and just get completely decimated the way they did. But it, maybe it speaks to just how good the 49ers are right now. But Dallas has got to sort themselves out offensively. And – I know that they're dealing with some injuries and like on defense too, it, you, you might be a little bit concerned, like losing digs, I think definitely hurt them in this game. And I think having digs on the field, maybe changes, maybe not changes the outcome of the game, but it's things are at least closer, but like offensively, you have got to figure it out at this point here. And I can understand why, you know, there are some, the Dak Prescott supporters that are saying, you know, it's just one game, blah, 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 blah. But like at this point, the detractors are saying, you know, he's eight years in the league now and he's having games like this where he's he, like, this should not be what your quarterback is doing in such a big and important game. I don't know what to make of them right now offensively. I know they still have a really good defense. Injuries are killing them at this very moment. And it might spell some of the doom for this team. We'll have to keep an eye on the Cowboys, but this is another one of those teams that like, I, I have them at nine right now and I'm slightly worried about them, but I think they are still among the better of the, the better of the teams in the NFL. But I think we kind of learned more so just how good the 49ers are than anything outside of that game. So I don't want to put too much on the Dallas Cowboys in that loss there. Like I want to give a lot of credit to what San Francisco did there and just to where they are as a team right now. And we'll get to them when we get to them. But I think we, saw some holes by Dallas and we got a real glimpse as to what this 49ers team really is from that Sunday night football matchup. Moving into the next four at number eight, we have ourselves the Jacksonville Jaguars moving up a couple of spots here at number seven, Seattle Seahawks staying put the Dolphins also staying put at number six. And then at number five, we're looking at the Buffalo bills. So obviously if you're seeing this right now, you're probably wondering, huh? Jaguars below the bills tight game Jaguars I think benefited mightily from having spent the last couple of weeks in London playing their games back to back like that also being familiar with the area and whatnot I think kind of helps them out when you look at their win over the Atlanta Falcons who have already been struggling offensively enough and having that game in London I don't really think helped them out and I'm not trying to make excuses here because I do like Jacksonville and I honestly thought they'd be doing a little bit better than they have so far this season but they're look like they're trending in the right direction now with a big victory over the Bills but I do think that they benefit from that. You know, they're there for two weeks. You have the Buffalo Bills come in. And, I mean, it's not like the Buffalo Bills just kind of rolled over and took the loss. They fought tooth and nail to the very end. But offensively, it just felt like they were jet lagged. And do I think if you play that game 10 times, you're going to get more victories out of the Jaguars than you are to the Bills? Probably not. Like, I'd probably put it 6-4 six, six to four Buffalo, maybe 7-3 to three Buffalo. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars, don't get me wrong, but uh, there is a, there is something to look at with just the advantage of being in London for a couple of weeks. And then you have a team that I think made a really poor choice in going to London just four days before you're supposed to have your game there. I, 
I've taken a vacation on the other side of the world before, and the jet lag is a very real thing. And I can only imagine how it affects athletes that are trying to keep themselves in the right frame of mind and, you know, at their elite levels, trying to be able to like deal with all that and also play at an elite level. I just feel like it's got to be a recipe for not a disaster, but it's got to throw off what you're cooking. You know what I'm saying? So with that, I don't want to take away from the Jaguars. Big victory for them. They move up a couple of spots. I did not expect them to win that game, but they did an excellent job in doing so. At number seven, Seahawks. They didn't play. I feel the same way I still do about them. They sit where they are. If you're wondering how I feel about them, check them out from last week. At number six, Miami Dolphins. They get a win that you know I expected them to get. They handle the Giants. I will say there were some mistakes in that game, a little bit surprising, where it felt like they kind of let the Giants hang around just a little bit more than I would have liked to see from them. I honestly would have liked to see the Dolphins kind of put the hurt on them a little bit more, put up some more points, and maybe allow some less points. But obviously interceptions, fumbles, kind of just like weird mistakes that if they were playing anyone else could have potentially cost them the game. Kind of scared me a little bit there, but they get the win, hence why I just have them staying where they are. They won the game, and they won handedly, but... It was a little bit messy for me, a little bit messy, but overall good win. And then, of course, Buffalo. We've kind of rambled on about it already because I kind of mixed in Buffalo and Jacksonville at the same time here, but I still think they're one of the better teams in the NFL. I think the London travel situation just really hurt this team here. Like I said, they fought to the very end, and if this game is played in the States, depending on how hot it is outside, maybe Jacksonville gets a little bit more of an edge in Jacksonville, but I would take Buffalo. And I, I I would still take Buffalo, even though they just lost the game. Maybe that's me doubting Jacksonville a little bit. I'm not. I don't want to take anything away from Jacksonville again. Really like Jacksonville. Love what they're putting together over there right now. But I do think that overall, between the injuries that they dealt with in that game and also the jet lag stuff, Buffalo they should have came away with that victory. But circumstances just did not work out in their favor, in my opinion. And then the top four teams to finish off this week's power rankings at number four. Kansas City Chiefs staying where they stay at number three. Moving up five spots here. A fan base that I hope feels vindicated now seeing their team where I have them here. The Detroit Lions. At number two, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. And then at number one, we're looking at the San Francisco 49ers. So at number four, Kansas City Chiefs. You win a game against a Vikings team that seems to kind of just throw away games. I honestly would have expected this game to not be as close just because of kind of the situations that the Vikings seem to be putting themselves into. And also on top of that, they lost Justin Jefferson, but you are also dealing with injuries with Travis Kelsey having to leave the game. So it was, I I would, it was a, I don't want to say a messy game, but it was definitely not the prettiest game. I would say by either of these teams in this matchup here, but Kansas city, whether it's ugly, whether it's not finding ways to win with Patrick Mahomes leading the way being coached along by Andy Reed, Uh, The defense continues to be one of the stronger units in the NFL right now. And again, this is a defense that I pinned as the number one defense in their division going into this season. And I think through five weeks, we've gotten that from them. I'm really impressed with them. And And if it wasn't for their defense right now, I don't know if the Chiefs are looking at only one loss on the season. So hats off to what we've gotten from Kansas City's defense. And again, with Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball, you've got to be a little bit worried. They're very clearly dealing with some offensive pains right now. It feels like there is a really big and strong reliance on Travis Kelsey right now. But if any of these wide receivers can just get hot, stay consistent with Mahomes and, you know, no drops, things like that, because I think the Chiefs still lead the NFL in drops right now from receivers. But based off what we saw from the Ravens this past weekend, that might change. I don't know if that number's been updated yet or not. But if we can just get some more consistency out of the wide receivers, 
This Chiefs team is just about as good as any in the NFL. And number three, the Detroit Lions. What can I say about them? Offensive to defensive to special teams, they are lighting it up right now. Their rookies are contributing. David Montgomery, I think, is still scoring touchdowns as we speak right now. And if not, he's having them called back or he's being robbed of his touchdowns on drives where I feel like he should have deserved another touchdown or two. Unbelievable performance from the Lions. You go into a game where you are a heavy favorite, and that doesn't happen too often with Detroit. And Detroit fans, I know that you've been waiting for this day, and I'm happy to say that I truly believe the Lions have arrived. And I know people have been yelling at me about their the record that they're currently on. I think they're on like a 15-3 and run right now or something like that, depending on when you go back to games last year. I'm finally really bought in with what Detroit is doing. Aiden Hutchinson, real strong candidate for Defensive Player of the Year right now. I know that everyone's looking at like guys like TJ Watt. Micah Parsons is obviously a conversation as well, as always, but... Aiden Hutchinson is on an absolute tear. That defense, that defensive front is on a tear right now, giving quarterbacks all kinds of fits. They're stuffing the run all over the place. For as interesting as it, or not interesting, for as exciting is the right word, as it is to watch the Lions on offense right now, it's that defense that really has me enamored. I knew that there was a potential they were going to be good, but I figured I don't know quite how good they're going to be. And, by all accounts, best in their division, and they're definitely in contention for one of the better in the NFL right now. I don't know if I'd put them right in the top five, but they are definitely within the top ten conversation without question. They have everything going for them. Unfortunately, Emmanuel Mosley came in, tore his opposite legs ACL, which is unfortunate because he just got back from, I think, what is he? He tore his left ACL after coming back from his right ACL tear that he tore in week five of last year. Really weird and spooky situation on that. Unfortunate for him. Wish him the best in his recovery. But beyond that, Sam Laporta looked really good. I mean, Jamison Williams, very limited in his action this past week. He's going to be back, and I'm excited to see his role grow with the offense. Amon Ross St. Brown, I know that, you know, injury, like he's been dealing with whatever it is so far, as long as he's healthy, just like, there is so much to like about this Lions team right now, just on paper. And it's one of those things where it's like, I love that on paper. I love this team. And then when I go and sit down to watch them on Sundays, they are also that same exact team that I love on paper on the football field. Does not happen too often. I feel like there's you know, a handful of teams every year that are actually like that. And this Lions team right now is definitely one of those teams love, love, love what they're doing. They are a bunch of badasses on the offensive lineup there. I cannot praise the Lions enough. They have arrived, and people need to start paying attention. I'm here. I hear you, Lions fans. I get it now. I get it. At number two, Philadelphia Eagles. They move up a spot here to 5-0. and One of two undefeated teams remaining. It's them and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the Eagles. What can I say about them that hasn't already really been said? Um, I think that it's it's one of those things where they may not win in the most prettiest of fashions every single week, but they're constantly winning games. They're grinding their opponents out. If their offense isn't leading the way, their defense is the one that's doing it and picking up the slack. This is a team that can beat you every which way, whether it's via defensive stands, whether it's on the ground, whether it's through the air, whether it's just asking their quarterback to take over a game. They can beat you in just about every single facet if need be. And 
How can you not like that? And the same thing can be said about the San Francisco 49ers at number one. I know there was a lot of conversation as to who should be number one. And I had some people telling me that I was crazy for having San Fran at number one last week because they hadn't played anyone. And now they got their real tests against the, the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I would say that they passed their test with flying colors, perfect score, give them 100 plus two points on top of just the exclamation point victory over the Dallas Cowboys. They are the most complete team in the NFL, period. It's them and the Philadelphia Eagles. I truly, truly believe that. And I know that the 49ers are running away with games right now. And even in instances where people didn't expect them to run away with games, their only really shaky contest was against a division rival in the LA Rams. And that's not really surprising. It's a division rival. Those two teams always play each other close. I feel like their last handful of meetings have always been tight contests. Give me a reason why. The San Francisco 49ers should not be number one on this list. I would love to hear about that in the comment section down below. But that is it for me. I appreciate it if you made it to the end of the video. I will see you all next time. Have a good one.